0: Hey guys, welcome to We Know What You Did. It makes us sick. We're going Going to to tell. Uh, I'm Christy Gomez. And I'm Summer Moran. And this is our first foray into podcasting. Um, We are Desperate Housewives super fans. I personally have watched... Every single episode, maybe five times in a row. No, not in a row, but you know what I mean. I think in a row was correct. (laughs) I I feel like one of our first conversations in college was about Desperate Housewives.
1: It had to be right after I told you I was going to marry Splash Mountain. I think we got to that subject pretty quickly.
0: (laughs) I said, oh, okay. You watch Desperate Housewives.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, because there's nothing that brings people together like cable television.
0: No, it's true. That's why we need to bring back cable i think i'm anti-streaming service now
1: there are a number of reasons to be anti-streaming service right now but <laughs> now of course we have two strikes going on mm-hmm. it's a little hard to keep up and i get flooded with all of those emails about here's what you
0: need to know about the strike and i'm like which one you know yeah and it's hard it's to compartmentalize it's easier for me as i see it in the flesh every single day but you should go you should go to the sector in new york because they're happening there too it's not just here yeah it's just really hot here <laughs>
1: um you said it was 90 degrees in la
0: it's
1: yeah. it's about 90 here too and like 95 percent humidity
0: that's why i moved also for our listeners who don't know us um <laughs> some what them- all two of them <laughs> <laughs> We're probably our friends. Our listeners are literally going to be Hannah, Liz, Hannah for Liz, obviously Annette. I think Annette will support us.
1: Whoa. I'm crying. Okay, <laughs>
0: Hey, Desperate Housewives super fans. <laughs> also, FYI, I was like, as I was thinking about this, this is not going to be a spoiler free podcast. Like, we know everything that's happened. So, if you're like Gen Z and you're watching Desperate Housewives for the very first time, you're going to get spoilers. I'm going to say, keep listening. Don't like watch it and come back, like, listen to us because we want to monetize. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to be up, but um, just so you know, like, you're going to know what's going to happen. In my opinion, if a show has been
1: out for more than 10 years, you've had enough time to watch That's, it. Exactly. And you and I were watching it when we were, like, 9 or 10 years old anyway. Yeah. So, no excuse.
0: Exactly. Like I feel like when I first binged it, I um, was immediately obsessed with it. And I was, like, looking at Desperate Housewives Wikipedia and spoiling things for myself anyway. So... You just get to have a really fun commentary on it. So. Yeah,
1: everything old is new again because now that I'm seeing Gabby Solis edits on my For You page, I'm like, "What world am I living in? What year is it? I'm so confused."
0: No, that's my queen. Yeah,
1: there's
0: <laughs> so much. I can't wait, wait to talk about like, her. I feel like every time I have rewatched it, I have like a different opinion on like things that are going on based on my phase of life. well
1: that's the sign of a good tv show yeah it's ever changing but it's like art if you stare at a piece of art at the whitney it's gonna mean something to you in that moment and it's gonna mean something entirely different to somebody else and then you come back later two years later and and it's gonna mean something entirely different again that
0: is so deep and emotional and i have my moments that's crazy i'm a very deep being don't Art. let the uh, Severus
1: Snape alter and the fluffy pink of my apartment fool you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm very deep. Yeah. Okay, so so after we watched first episode, what is who is your housewife sun moon and rising? So
1: I I say my rising is automatically Gabby um because who doesn't want to be her? She's so I think I have a note on here yeah I wrote Gabby equals that girl um I think my moon I think my moon is Brie and I think Susan is my son every time Susan came on the screen I was like I don't I'm in this photo and I don't like
0: it (laughs) no I see that for you I think I'm a Gabby rising Lynette Moon and and Gabby's son
1: I was gonna say that for you that's exactly what I was gonna say
0: (laughs) like like I tried to relate to Susan I was like I don't think so Susan but Lynette has the career girl thing going on exactly like I feel like if I was forced to be a stay-at-home mom to three terrible children (laughs) I think I would be Lynette
1: for that matter you might be Mary Alice
0: Speaking of, maybe we should just get into it. Let's do it. Okay, so we start. Okay, you know what? You have it in sequential order, so why don't you lead the charge? Yeah, here? let me kick us off. The first thing I want to say is that
1: uh, when you bring up Desperate Housewives on Hulu and it shows you like who the cast is, do you know how who has first billing? <laughs> Madison <laughs> Ellingson. <laughs>
0: I saw that too <laughs> this
1: it's literally my first note right. madison taylor La garza <laughs> i just thought you have terry hatcher felicity huffman you have these uh, nicolette sheridan like you have all of these accomplished actors and your first person on the cast list is Mad- <laughs> madison De La garza she's only in like half the show <laughs>
0: not even no i saw that last night and i was gonna text you but i was like i'm gonna this. Oh, great minds Juanita elise is iconic though and maybe since we have decided we're probably gonna be doing this for like five years um <laughs> in like five years we can have her on to talk
1: about it in my mind's eye she's still like eight years old
0: who oh, start us off summer with your um your notes in chronological order. So they don't make TV
1: like they used to anymore. Um, So much of what we see is so like grainy and dark and aesthetic. And I found that this first episode is just so bright and colorful. You know, you're introduced to suburbia, the Eagle State, and it's just so um, reminiscent of what the world used to look like, I think, through our young eyes. Would you agree?
0: No, I would agree. And also this was... um... Filmed on film, so now it's all digital. I think Glee was the last show to be. I have this random fun fact that Glee was the I think the pilot was the last thing to be filmed for television on film, wow. so they stopped around 2009. Wow, that's fascinating! It just I don't know, it just like has a better feel than television today, it's more authentic. Yeah, like, I am an advocate for network television, and I feel like I shouldn't (laughs) say too many things. I just love network TV, and it was just such a better time. I think this was truly the golden age of, like, drama television stuff.
1: Absolutely. It sucks you into the world right away. I also wrote that um, this was my intro to dark comedy.
0: Same.
1: Yeah, I think the Mary Alice sort of introduction there is like just absolutely genius dark comedy you see her doing all her cute little chores and being this lovely little housewife and then pulling a gun on herself
0: no it's amazing and I feel like before I watched this because I didn't watch this show until it was actually the very first show I ever binged watched on Netflix um also another fun fact Desperate Housewives and Lost are the reason why um tv shows went on um itunes did you know no. that? it was in bob Iger's he when like itunes was first becoming a thing like we have internet tv because of desperate housewives because bob Iger and steve jobs were like bff and steve jobs was like i want to start putting like movies and tv show on itunes and bob Iger was like how about desperate housewives and Lost?" wow that is was, amazing like, see, i know so these women are a pioneer. So, pioneer what women. you're saying is,
1: video killed the radio star.
0: Yeah. Bum ba, bum, bum bum. And Mary Alice killed herself. <laughs> <soul. laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, no. But you're right. Like I. For most shows, I don't love a narration. I feel like it's too, like, expository. But this... Also, by the way, if we have any TV writers listening to us right now, I know you guys are on strike, but Summer and I are really funny writers. Just saying. <laughs> just, <put laughs> just so you know. It. We're, like, really funny. Mark Cherry, we're really, really funny. And we just... Mark we'll gonna is going to catch wind also-
1: of this real soon.
0: This is a manifestation podcast, by the way. <laughs> so when we say guests are coming on, like... Don't worry. They're coming. They'll be here. They're coming. We're gonna have um, them in your in your home. In your home every weekly, on your walks, in your home. I know, uh, Christy, I meant wherever.
1: specifically in your home.
0: Like Oh, I was like all of our listeners' homes. In yes, my home because we're no stress home. But yeah, they can do yeah, You're apartment. gonna complain
1: if James Denton is in your living room?
0: Summer and I Summer and I did a web series in college. We're not going to tell you, don't look it up. Um, but we were really delusional mm-hmm. like, at the time. And we were like, we're going to get real actors on this show. So we emailed James Denton's reps and we were like, hey, can he be in this web series? And they were like, no, <laughs> <laughs> he's in Minnesota. And we were like, oh, but I like that. That was the only reason they gave us. So I think there's, so yeah, cool he would have done
1: it if he wasn't in Minnesota
0: exactly and that's what i like to believe but anyway so as i was saying i usually don't like narration but it works so well in this show and like obviously it's for the entirety of the entire series and like the expository parts like when she's talking about like brie and like all the other girls it's just it's amazing yeah it never feels out of place no like it fully tells a story and having her like tell the story from beyond the grave I just love
1: it. Absolutely. Yeah, I wrote, intro is just so perfect. And that Mary Alice's no. voice is soothing. So I do think, mm-hmm. you know, if she ever decided to do ASMR, like, I would be one of her first subscribers.
0: Hey, Brenda Strong, do you want to come, out, come on our podcast? And also, would you consider doing ASMR? Write that down. She's going come on down. like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mary Alice Young. <laughs> hey, welcome to ASMR with Mary Alice. I can't do it. I hate ASMR actually. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so there's little monologue. She's having her daily chores and then she kills herself. And then she's just like laying on the floor looking beautiful and dead. She's so beautiful. And then Mrs. Hoover comes over and sees something's amok. So she goes, and Mrs. Hoover is the worst character on the show, I think. If I knew or, Mrs.
1: Hoover in real life, no, I wouldn't, because uh, I'd have I'd have to do something about her.
0: I too would smuggle her with a rug <laughs> if I knew her. But anyway, yeah. So she is like, I want to know what's going on. So she goes and gets the blender, which is property of Mary Alice Young. Knocks on her door. She's not answering. Oh, because she heard the gunshot. That's why. So she goes around, looks in the windows and see Mary Alice Young dead as a doorknob next to the gun. Doornail, but yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. What's the difference? They're both inanimate objects. You're right. But <laughs> <laughs> then she's like, oh, my God, that sucks. And then she goes into her house and rips off the property of Mary Alice Young sticker. So I. that's a good tony
1: i Michelle. i would if i was the cop on that case i would have arrested mrs Huber without proof i would have said you're the only one at the scene
0: you did it <laughs> yeah i'd be like this is not a suicide you did this in the middle of the day mm-hmm
1: yeah so something else i noticed when we were getting the intros of all the housewives is that mary Alice calls her susan mayer and i believe she's referred to as susan meyer the entire rest of the season or rest of the series isn't that so strange that that one little discrepancy
0: creeped in it is but i think that's something we notice only because we're, we're super fans because pilots a lot of the time like they'll say things and it just like never happens later have you ever seen or, like the sets will be done did you ever see the
1: the seinfeld pilot
0: no i'm not a seinfelder
1: okay because In the pilot, um, Kramer is called Kessler. Oh, really? Yeah, something like that. I think it's Kessler, but it's like a different K name because the character is supposed to be a different name. Um, So it's really interesting how pilots can be so different from the rest of the series. Um, But that's just a small thing that, of course, we notice. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah, so we meet, who do we meet first? Is it Susan? No, Susan's last. We meet Gabby first. I think. No, we. No, we.
1: Wait a second. <laughs> we watched this way
0: no, too. No, we definitely. Did
1: Gabby first. I don't know if I wrote them down in order of who comes in first. Maybe it was Lynette.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it was Lynette. Yeah. Breece, Gabby, Susan. Yeah. Well, oh, actually, no, that I do have in chronological. Yeah, it's Lynette. She's just, like, being a working mom. No, not a working mom. She's being a working woman and then has to have kids. And Tom is like, why don't you be a stay-at-home mom? And she's like, sure. So that's her backstory. And you now she hates her life as a mother of three. Or four. four. Mother of four. Of course. Yeah. And then after that it was gabby being an actual queen i'm obsessed with her like she can do nothing she can do whatever
1: she wants
0: yeah like i didn't realize carlos was a full finance bro i
1: know i know i actually have a note about how uh carlos is like the definition of toxic masculinity and this show was so ahead of its time for calling out that kind of behavior and not in the way where people do it today of just like kind of labeling anything as bad or wrong or toxic. I wrote yeah, I wrote yeah. Carlos is so toxic. This show was doing what no one else was at the time.
0: Literally. But he also has the best character development Absolutely. of the entire show. I think him and Bree. And I, also Gabby.
1: <laughs> Maybe they all just have really good character development.
0: <laughs> well, I cannot wait to really dig in for the next five years of our lives. Because <laughs> I, like, all the character development really is good. Um, and then, yeah, so basically Gabby's a model. Carlos is a finance bro. And she marries him for money, period. Um, and then she's like a little bit miserable. And then we get to Bree i b- wrote that brie is also kind of that girl i know that she is and when i yeah go ahead when i watched this episode the first time when i was like 15 i hated her i thought she was so annoying and terrible um i think that was internal misogyny yes. because now i'm watching it and i'm like she's amazing and i hate her family and rex can actually tell yeah. does.
1: So. yeah brie um knows exactly who she wants to be And she is it. Mm -hmm. She's the definition of don't dream it, be it.
0: No, like she's incredible. Like she just wanted to be a housewife and she just wanted to be a perfect. And that's what she was. And nobody appreciates her.
1: Yes. Yeah. She works really hard. Um, Unlike, well, I guess Susan kind of works hard too, but in a different way. So like Brie obviously makes like the perfect, if she made macaroni and cheese, it would be perfect. Susan makes it. and it's burnt and undercooked and i'm that's part of the reason i say that she and i are like this because i've done the same
0: yeah i remember i was at your house when you were like why is my pasta hard and you put it in hot water not boiling water so see actually the quote she burnt what were you saying
1: it it tastes burned and undercooked like it's mike so hot
0: um no the the macaroni thing I think that's one of the things that like kind of runs through my mind every single night when I go to sleep like the quote she burned it the night Carl told her he was leaving her for his secretary I think about that often like every time I I eat mac and cheese like the macaroni monologue goes through my head and it's all coming back to me now
1: Don't get me started. Um, Um, I do want to talk about how ambitious this pilot was, and that we have not seen anything like this from any other show. So you have Lynette going into the pool to retrieve her sons at Mary Alice's wake, which is crazy. Her going in in her full heels, full heels, and the black dress, um, and. You have Gabby, her her big event is mowing the lawn in her gorgeous dress at like, what, nine o'clock at night. Um, I guess Bree's big thing is news of her
0: divorce at the Saddle Ranch Chop House. <laughs> we will get to the Saddle Ranch Chop House. I have a lot to say about that. And <laughs> we will
1: get there. And then Susan's big, big moment is setting edie's house on fire
0: (laughs) i forgot that was in the pilot every time i watch the show i forget that
1: i know i know i always thought it happened (laughs)
0: later but no it's incredible like (laughs) okay um yeah so we're at the funeral and there's not too much going on at the funeral i think they honestly my one note is they're not upset that their best friend died i thought the same thing
1: like they're just like
0: wow poor mary alice i'm like
1: wasn't she your best friend yeah there wasn't
0: a single tear shed <laughs> yeah and all of this like at the end of the episode mary alice is like one week after my death and it's like all this stuff happens just within a week yeah yeah and i'm like why are not you grieving a little bit more it's so crazy yes
1: like, Things have gone I'm back sure to normal, and if she was really that influential in your lives, wouldn't you be a little more disrupted?
0: Yeah, but no, they just, back on the daily grind. They're
1: just like, well, poker with one less player.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the most important thing that happens at the funeral is Mike Delfino. Yes,
1: Absolutely. Michaelis mm-hmm. Delfinius Delfino.
0: um Mike Delfino, our father who art in heaven.
1: I need a Jesus candle with his face on it.
0: She meets um Mike Delfino the plumber and honest oh over the mac and cheese, so iconic. Um I don't know why she'd believe a plumber would look like that. I've never met any plumber above a six. <laughs> That's generous, honestly. We're going to get canceled by the plumber community. <laughs> plumber talk is coming for us. <laughs> We're going to get duetted by like, like plumbers strippers. <laughs> um... <laughs>
1: Do you, sorry, do you have any favorite quotes from this episode? Because for me, I'll tell Um, you my favorite quote is Brie saying, there is nothing abnormal about basil puree.
0: No, she's amazing. Or when she goes like, um, oh my God, did I write it down? I don't think I wrote it down, but she was like, um... He was like, you tried to kill me. And she was like, yeah, I got distracted. Yeah.
1: <laughs> at the Saddle Ranch Chop House. Um,
0: yeah. Okay, wait. So what happens after Susan meets Mike? Who, who do we go to? Oh, so
1: after Susan meets Mike, um, that's when Lynette ends up going in the pool because they have the whole wake at the house.
0: Mm-hmm. Right and then she has to leave oh and then there's paul's spooky look at the book.
1: i wrote that up i wrote paul is set up to be such a good villain because he has resting creepy face
0: i am mm-hmm. a paul sympathizer by the way yeah you're a paul apologist even i'm a paul apologist he does a lot throughout this series and i don't think he deserved any of it i think he was a grieving man and they all started bullying him because he's a little creepy but his wife just died he he's morally gray He's the only white man I will ever defend. <laughs> A white man? No. He is the only straight white man who I don't think has ever done anything wrong. Never.
1: <laughs> um, no, no I, I I do love Paul. I do love Paul. And people watching the show for the first time are gonna sit here saying,
0: "What? Him?" But you'll un- one day you'll understand. Yeah. He also has insane character development. That's true. Like in season seven.
1: Yeah, so we have a uh, four years before get we to- get to that. Get to- <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So there is nothing abnormal about basil puree. I thought it was so funny how insulted Brie was at the mere suggestion of pork and beans for dinner. If she
0: saw me, oh yeah, okay. So we're at we're at their dinner now. Yes,
1: yes. Right. Okay. If she saw me in my apartment heating up microwavable chicken nuggets from trader joe's i mean mm-hmm. this version of brie this early
0: version of her she'd have my head no i she is amazing and we all wish we had a mother like brie like to make amazing meals every day and she just makes the bed does all the chores without she being really asked campers being asked she just loves being a mom and i think there was a stepford reference in there yes yes from her children i hate these and rex is a menace rex is the worst character on this show i hate him i hate rex too Um,
1: think about how sad it is though that all brie wanted was like the perfect family and a loving family like all the things that she wanted she couldn't get and she kept trying to make herself to be in a position to have that and never got it. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. Like it's so bad. I know. Who do you feel the most sympathy for to that end of the housewives? Just in this episode.
0: Um, probably Brie. Okay. Tell me why. Because she's just, she's just treated so poorly by her family. I have to say like, Lynette, it's just... it's
1: been... for obvious reasons, yeah. uh, but Brie is a close second. <laughs> yeah. Lin... I don't know. I think, what? Lynette cannot escape her life. Right. She has four children under the age of, what, six? Mm-hmm. And she has to lie to her former coworker in the grocery store. She says that being a mom is her favorite job when clearly she'd rather be doing anything. she'd rather be a plumber. She'd rather be doing yeah. anything else.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it's so sad. Oh. And then when we get to Lynette and Tom like comes home and like he like tries to have sex with her and he's like, Oh, let's risk it. I
1: wrote down. I was like,
0: you want more kids? Tom has a breeding kink tom tom would be happy that roe v wade was overturned he
1: would he definitely voted to overturn roe v wade you cannot tell me that this man was not was not getting off to cheaper by the dozen okay like that's his (laughs) that's his favorite film
0: no like he he if tom was around today he'd be giving nick cannon yes like if Tom I almost said Tom Sandoval oh my god if Tom Scavo could be Nick Cannon he would be
1: he would he wants to have a hand in every pot as it were um and his favorite pot is Lynette but when she said I wish he was having sex with someone else I just
0: thought that was so funny (laughs) (laughs) I love them and I love that they are the like, even though he's, like, a little toxic, he's just kind of toxic, I feel like, in this episode and this season, and I think he, he gets better. He does. Because then they can't have, like, all the husbands be toxic.
1: Right. He, he does have his toxic (laughs) moments, but there's so much fewer and further between, and he is so, um, for the most part, constantly golden retriever energy. Yes. He is a
0: golden retriever husband. And then, yeah. And then especially like the later when we see like Lynette really does actually run that household. Yeah, Like when Bree calls Rex, she's like, as the head of this household, don't you have anything to That's say? exactly what I thought. And I was like, he, he doesn't run this household. She Me
1: clearly do. runs the entire game and
0: she's she, deferring she's, to him. She's giving into the patriarchy. We need to talk about Gabby. We haven't even dug into what Gabby's going on. In this episode. So Gabby and Carlos are fighting over going to Tanaka's party. And Tanaka's brought up a lot Yeah, in the show. Like, he's just a figure. We really I would never learn anything about him, but he's Carlos's finance boss, I guess. And he's like, You got to come to the party. And she's like, Tanaka always um, pinches me. And he's like, <laughs> Carlos says, um, I don't have these in my notes, by the way. I just have this remember yeah i know this show so well he's like i made millions of dollars from tanaka he can do whatever he wants so it's like okay and then carlos goes outside and talks to the gardener who pierces his finger on something he's bleeding and then gabby comes out she's like john go inside there's band-aids then do we find out she's sleeping with a teenage gardener What do you
1: think would happen if that storyline was in a show today? Because John is like 17. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like they'd be Gabby Solis groomer, toxic gossip train. But here's the thing. It's 2004. And I think also why it doesn't like we root for them and it doesn't come off as creepy is because I think, at this point, Eva Longoria is 29, which is wild. And, um, oh my God, what's his name? Who plays? John Tucker. Who plays John? Like, I, I call him that's John Tucker. simply not his name, but I thought, I thought that too, because he's in John Tucker. Musa. John, wait, hold on. I have, I followed him on our podcast, um, page, but, um, he was, I think 25 and she was 29 jesse metcalf that's who it is oh right so i think the two of them being close in age and like being adults is why this doesn't come off poorly he looks a lot younger than 20 and it's just like really i think he looks 20. i think he looks older. i have I think they both look 30. no
1: facial recognition like i have a really hard time checking people's ages so that could just be on me
0: yeah Well, I think they both look like a good 20. I think they both look 30. Like she does not look 29. He doesn't look 30. I think he looks, he looks fine. I think he looks 27. No, you are changing
1: your answer left and right. You just (laughs) said, I think they both look 30. She doesn't look 29. As if there's not one year difference between 29 and 30. What's, what is truly the difference between a 29 year old and a 30 year old? riddle me that well now i have to
0: look up a picture of the two of them gabby gabby john desperate housewives no like i think that they look at that i think they look about the same age
1: okay we can agree to disagree
0: (laughs) (laughs) well the only reason why he looks younger to you is because he's supposed to be younger but if they were cast as a married couple, you wouldn't think about That's it. That's a good point, yeah. She is hooking up with him on the $23,000 Italian table. Did you notice that the curtains are fully open and people are walking by? Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> In the words of Tom Scavo, let's risk it.
0: Yeah, like just it's the middle of the day. And he was like, "I've this is a giving groomer. He's like, I really don't want to do this. Oh. And she was like- Steals $23,000. Like, if it was the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay. Like, I'm not mad. I think it's an incredible storyline. Because it's just, like, juicy. It's all supposed to be, like, juicy neighborhood gossip.
1: Yeah. I think it was definitely the right move for the story. Yeah.
0: Like, she wasn't meant to be Predator.
1: (laughs) Not that it... Well... Not that it glorifies a pedophilic relationship, but it does make it look kind of hot. Agreed.
0: It's like the Pretty Little Liars effect. Like, what? Do you ever watch that? I was never a PLL girl. You're lucky. It. I never finished it because it got really bad. But, like, we were all rooting for Aria and her teacher. And now people look back on that one and they're like, that's really bad. We all villainized the parents for being like, this wasn't okay. Oh, wow but again like they're the same age it's just juicy TV at the end of the day yeah like it's fiction who cares yeah not May
1: not May love okay
0: not May love. we
1: can't we can't do the British accents where we won't May. get through the uh,
0: episode <laughs> there's nothing abnormal about um, basil okay. puree so Julie like brown noses and gets her soccer ball into Mike's lawn um and goes back to Susan. also i feel like julie should be going through a lot of therapy absolutely like her mom told way too much stuff like the, it's kind of giving narcissistic parent a little bit <laughs> like you should not like your like 11 year old kid should not be doing your dirty work like this for you
1: somebody could make the argument that susan never asked her to do that
0: that's true but then like later when she uses her school project oh that yeah that broke my heart the drain yeah um but susan goes over there and as she's talking to mike we meet edie Britt. and i wrote down i think this is my quote of the episode Edie Britt is the most predatory divorcee in a five-block radius.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's an iconic one. I will say, um, when that scene came on, when Susan goes to ask Mike out, I got such bad secondhand embarrassment that I had to leave the room. (laughs) I couldn't handle it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel like I get a lot of secondhand embarrassment in the in the beginnings of their relationship. Yes, but it kept us coming back week after week. Oh, that's true. You
1: just want to see these yeah. two
0: pull it out the gate. Yeah, no, we love them. Oh, and then I also wrote down like after um, Edie and Susan are fighting over Mike, which again, I don't think this is a storyline that could fly today, but it's fun. Yeah like i love it um then they then Mary Alice says susan had met the enemy and she was a
1: <laughs> yes that that made me laugh out loud
0: <laughs> yeah
1: do you know what comes He's next like, christy okay,
0: is it saddle ranch you bet house? it is thank god i have so much to say about the saddle ranch chop house so this is the first time i watched this show living in Los Angeles. So I I always knew that this was filmed at Saddle Ranch, just like based on like me digging into everything I needed to know about this show. Saddle Ranch is such an interesting place. And the fact that it's canonically Saddle Ranch Top House. I'm sorry, that, that is a real place in Los. I Las didn't
1: realize it was a real place, and when that popped up on my that, screen, I went, "I want to go to there." So I
0: can actually go. No. Yes, we're gonna go. It has the worst food. I can't wait. The largest drinks. You have to ride the bull. <gasps> it's right. So the Saddle Ranch Chop House that they filmed at was the one. It closed in 2017. I looked it up last night because I know it's not there anymore, but it was on on City Walk at Universal. Oh, wow. Um, So honestly, if that was still there, I'd be there every night. But now the only remaining location in LA is in West Hollywood. I will be there. We will go. Christy, why haven't we gone before? I don't know. I mean, I've been there many times. I never really thought about bringing you because it's – just that's so
1: insulting (laughs) i never really thought
0: about bringing you um but it's definitely an experience it popped off in like 2020 when people were starting to go places again because a lot of influencers decided to go so there was a point it was like like all the tiktokers hang out there now still wow That's why I, it's kind of bad now, and there's so much lore behind Saddle Ranch. <laughs> Saddle Ranch and I lore. It was canonically, Saddle Ranch. Unfortunately, they don't have a salad bar there oh. anymore, because I would love to get a salad with onion. Um, but <laughs> Extra we onion. Will definitely go. We will definitely go because we're gonna go to all the places that they film at um, when you're here, and but you have to ride the bull. I'll ride the bull. Do you think I won't? cuz they film there they film there again in like a few episodes when like edie and susan go out right and they run into mike and susan right. rides the horse i remember susan riding at silver ranch uh. yeah i think it was like in a different area of it so it didn't like look like the same place but since this, they were filming this at universal like this was all like in that Wow. Area. That's why it's been interesting for me to watch this show now living here because I'm like, wait a minute. This is all whole new neighborhood now. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it must
1: be very exciting.
0: So they're canonically in
1: um, Burbank, I guess. So Mrs. Huber is now responsible for. Well, she's the one who almost killed Rex. That's my opinion.
0: I think so too. I think. She's on site for many a deaths and almost deaths, and she should fully be blamed. There's for this. blood on her hands. Yeah, I wish she had died right there. Honestly, we all do. But basically, um, Rex asks Bree for a divorce in the middle of Saddle Ranch Chop House, and she just goes, "Okay, I'm gonna go get your salad," and she goes to make her salad. And Martha Hooper is being a little brown noser and is like, what's going on? And she's like, just having dinner. And she's like, I can't believe you're here at Saddle Ranch.
1: <laughs> yeah, so were like, you, know Mrs. Hooper. So what what does that say about both of us? Yeah, what are you
0: doing there? And I think she was there by herself, was she not? I think she might
1: have been with a friend. She was either with one other woman or she was by herself. So either way, she's pathetic. Okay exactly
0: um and then brie is talking to her and gets distracted and puts onions in his salad and earlier at the dinner the evil dinner we learned that brie can't make onion french onion soup or whatever because rex is deathly allergic so he collapses (laughs) um and i wrote rex collapses
1: lol he's a little dramatic don't you think the way that he collapsed he He took the whole tablecloth with him (laughs) he wrapped himself up in it
0: also i eat a lot of salad
1: yeah and
0: i can tell when when onions are in salad i can see them and
1: not for nothing but his allergy is his responsibility why does she get blamed for his salad if it's that difficult why don't you go make your own
0: yeah, he should have just... Like, if you don't want your wife waiting on you hand and foot, why don't you just make your own salad? Take charge, man of the house. Like, he just asked for a divorce and then was fine with her being like, get oh, okay, okay, I'll get your
1: salad. Yeah. Yeah, He, you know, if there's
0: one thing that the men of Desperate
1: Housewives always have, it's the audacity.
0: Always have the audacity. I don't think there's... Mike Delfino might be the only one who is perfect in every way. Like he does nothing wrong ever. No, he's,
1: he is baby girl. Mike Delfino is baby girl. The only time
0: he does is when he has amnesia. Yeah.
1: And that's not his fault. He can't be blamed for that.
0: No, exactly. Um, Christy, pause because I have
1: to, I have to go get my laptop charger. Okay. Commercial break rex's speech from the hospital bed i actually don't know what i wanted to say about it because all i wrote in my notes was rex's speech from the hospital bed and that was the sentence
0: um i just wrote down he's sick of brie being perfect what a scumbag
1: yeah how about you show some gratitude rex your name is rex you're lucky you got late at all
0: what happened to the woman who burned the toast and used to laugh? It's like you don't have to lift a finger. What? You have bratty little children. He has
1: nothing to complain about. My wife, it's giving my wife is too perfect. Sometimes I sing too beautifully.
0: He, he, it has a woman who is fully just like accepting the patriarchy, devoted and is not fighting back joined the NRA and is happy to do it she's okay (laughs) we have to talk about her being a gun nut is so funny and it's just like after everything we've been through in this country it's hilarious to me because I think this was back when there was still like an assault weapons ban so being a gun nut is like you just had like a little pistol and it was like, I'm cool. I have guns. But now I'm like, would Bria be a gun nut today? I feel like she's smart enough. Would Bria have voted for Trump? Um, So I do think her character
1: development would have been the same from the start of the series to the end. Yeah. So it would be very interesting, actually, by the end, if like, you know, this were happening in 2023, we saw her like getting rid of her gun or something like that.
0: Yeah. Something that shows I a think... change in
1: values as well.
0: Yeah, I think I, I, but the gun thing never goes away. But again, like this was a different time. It was, it was just like a cool little.
1: It it was different. And it's a huge part of who she is. It was a court. Yeah,
0: it was. Yeah, it it was. uh, (laughs) was, uh. (laughs) I love guns. (laughs) No, I just think of that scene. There's one where she's in like a dress and she has like a, a rifle. I don't oh my God, I guess we'll get to it eventually. And she just like clocks it and shoots it up in the air for people to pay attention. And it's amazing because it was this juxtaposition of her being this like put together proper woman who loves guns. She's hilarious. And that's what America should be. That's Republicans. If they really want to be, if they really want to exist, <laughs> they should just be like Brie Van de Camp. Brie Van de
1: Camp, you know, is somebody who can make you feel seen. All of these characters yes. give you the opportunity to feel seen in some way. Mm-hmm. Like when Susan burned the also, macaroni. They are
0: all such good, like all these characters are so different.
1: Yes. I had that note as well, that it's just like the voices yeah. are so distinct.
0: Yeah. And also like from, since we are really good at writing television, putting that out there again, we're so funny. The structure of like the ABCD stories this is like a perfect it's so clear outline for yeah. it and especially like with having four leads and the narration it makes it so easy to write honestly like you just have to be good at dialogue because like the structure is just like written into it i do
1: think structurally it's a perfect like pilot the
0: phone, yes and and that's something we just don't
1: have anymore because
0: mm-hmm. nobody follows the structure anymore it's just like a mess nothing is like a set 45 minute right. to an hour Ugh. Well, we could complain totally about that soon. in an entirely different
1: episode. Um, <sighs> I have a note. Yeah. The second thing after Rex's speech, I wrote, Gabby and Carlos are so hot. OMG. They're just like an extremely beautiful couple. You just want no, to look at No, they're amazing.
0: Them. I also love how every time they're on camera, like, telenovela music pops up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every time it was like, no, 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 I was like, you're really feeding into the fact they're laughing. <laughs> it's like, I love it.
1: Yeah. They are it's like, cool. They are like your eye just follows them because in a room, they are the ones that you're going to automatically look at.
0: Yeah. Wait. So now this is when they're leaving for the party. Yes. And Carlos
1: notices that the lawn hasn't been mowed strangely enough and john Mm -hmm. isn't doing his job so they're gonna have to get a real gardener now this is a problem for gabby why two reasons one if she's found out that could mean the dissolution of her marriage in a very real and scary way but two that means no more john which means no more enjoyment in a marriage that she's not enjoying
0: (laughs) I wrote down um, John isn't mowing the lawn because he's mowing Gabby. That is (laughs) genius. Um, And then she goes to the party and she is in her beautiful, beautiful dress and she immediately goes to a waiter and says, keep this man drunk all night. (laughs) And then she drives home and mows the lawn to save her her affair. in her
1: designer dress she mows the lawn and she does a great job of it she looks darn good doing mm. it
0: yeah so i would say that's her moment of desperation like they all have like one moment of like desperation yes. i think that's hers
1: yes what would breeze be i think breeze was breaking down in the bathroom at the hospital
0: yes wait we didn't talk about that that made me so sad
1: <sighs> i know but you know, then that's just juxtaposed with Rex saying he doesn't want this perfect plastic type of wife. And then she goes in the bathroom to cry and, and like let that facade down, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't even hear her because she has the water running. Like he doesn't know what even happens. And then she comes out and she's perfect again.
0: Yeah. Like she refuses to show that she's not perfect because despite what he wants, she just wants to be perfect to... Everybody but herself. I
1: am proud of her for no pun at all intended, but sticking to her guns.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, like she knows what she wants. And she said, forget what what everybody else
1: wants. I know what I need to be.
0: Yes. She said, I'm here. And then they tried, (laughs) I'm really nothing else. And then they
1: tried to condemn
0: her for it. (laughs) How dare they? Literally. I know. And then, what's Lynette's moment of desperation? I guess maybe the pool. The pool and the... Yes, I think either
1: that or when she runs into Natalie Klein in the grocery store and she just straight up lies about enjoying being a mom.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like we didn't get too much of Lynette in this episode, I realized. Well, like, I guess she had the the D storyline.
1: Right. After the pool incident, I feel like she sort of disappeared a little bit
0: yeah like we were learning more about everybody else but then I guess we get more Lynette later but yeah she wasn't like a main focus also this we love Felicity Huffman in this podcast this is a Felicity Huffman sympathizing account. podcast She's done nothing wrong <laughs>
1: I can't think Felicity of a Huffman, single thing you're
0: more than welcome not one Felicity Huffman if you're listening to this you are more than welcome to be a co-host honestly
1: you know who else has crazily never done anything wrong
0: too. Lori Laughlin. You're right. <laughs> Lori Laughlin's a perfect person. <laughs> Lori Laughlin, if you're a Desperate Housewives super fan, you're more than welcome to come on this podcast. I think we're gonna hear from her. I love those women. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you really said they raised me.
0: <laughs> they did. That was my mother and my aunt. Which one was which? They're like mother's mother and <laughs> Aunt Becky and oh. <laughs> And Mother
1: Mother Lynette. I almost called her Luann.
0: Mother <laughs> Lynette.
1: Mother Luann. That's a spin-off show.
0: I have a Bravo brain still. I was thinking of Countess Luann from Real Housewives of New York. Of course, of course.
1: Um Susan's moment of anyway, desperation is breaking and entering into Edie's house and setting
0: fire to it. I would say I would say she has many moments of desperation because she also goes over to invite Mike over again and she sees Edie's over there and she's like oh, can you fix my sink and he's like yeah I'll come over right now I'll bring my tools um it's giving porn and it's a porn movie <laughs> um and then she's like okay and she runs home and stuffs hair glue everything down the drain and nothing's plugging the drain and Julie's he's at the art door project it's like a it's like a horse. It's a little sorts. Trojan horse, I think. Trojan horse, I think. Yeah, I feel like there's symbolism to that. Yeah, I'd have to look up what the Trojan horse was for. It was uh but... for the
1: soldiers to hide in.
0: You're not. There's something that's not there, I'm okay. Sure. Yeah. When we get Mark Terry on the podcast, um, we'll ask him what the symbolism of the Trojan horse yeah. was.
1: Yeah. It's like subterfuge. Mike said the joke.
0: Huh?
1: <laughs> never mind. Never mind. That's okay. okay. You- <laughs> Mike's at the door. What? Nothing. Say it. I graduated college with you, Christy. Like, I know you have a brain.
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean what's a trojan horse no i know (laughs) what a trojan i don't know what subterfuge is i know what a trojan horse is it was this whole thing in some war and they had a bunch of soldiers hide in it and then they opened it and they like raided some somebody's kingdom or something
1: yeah pretty much
0: but i don't know what subterfuge is. it's
1: like hiding it's like um deception
0: oh Anyway, so Mike's at the door, (laughs) and then what I don't understand is he's at the door. They look at him, and then all of a sudden, the Trojan horse is in the drain. Like, that takes a second to – so I don't know. Maybe, like, Susan talked to him at the door while, while Julie did it first.
1: Yeah, because Julie's in this to win it. So I think she's doing right. anything in her power to make this happen, even sacrificing her own school project.
0: She said, "Mike Delfino's my new daddy." <laughs> "Will you be my dad?" "I wish
1: Mike Delfino was my I daddy." "I wish
0: sweet, will you be my dad?" <laughs> <laughs> "Can you be my parent?" "Can you move me to my house, please?" "Can can I get emancipated, please?" <laughs> <laughs> my mom doesn't cook for me. Abigail
1: Breslin in that one movie. <laughs> Wait, which one? my sister's keeper. Oh, Can yeah, I get a
0: please? My parents are not good parents. I was just, I was just made for parts. <laughs> I need to watch that now. It's giving, like, the tin man. You know what I mean? (laughs) If I only had a brain. If uh, If I only had a heart.
1: In My Sister's Keeper, it's If I only had bone marrow.
0: If I only had organs. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So <sighs> he fixes the plumbing, and then I don't really know what happens after that. Um, Susan sees—is it Martha Huber again? It is Martha <laughs> Huber. Yeah. All signs lead <laughs> like back to Martha Huber. <laughs>
1: she better sleep with one eye open I, 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 I. she really is the weasel like she is the villain in everyone's
0: story no she is because she's the like, one she just needs to keep her little trap shut. she
1: sh- well it's really hard for her because she tells susan that edie is entertaining a gentleman guest for the evening and of course susan thinks it's mike of course
0: yeah like, why wouldn't because she? Because Susan probably...
1: didn't employ her critical thinking skills and realized that Mike <laughs> is not the only man in the eagle state.
0: Especially to Edie Britt. Amen. Like, Susan's just going after Mike. Edie's going after everybody. everybody. What if she is the most predatory divorcee in a five-block radius. Oh, wait. Martha Huber says, I'm taking care of her son. We don't hear about Edie's son for like three more seasons. Yep. And then he vanishes again and we never hear from him.
1: It never sat right with me that she, she had a
0: son. Demise. No, like that. She I think they probably honestly forgot she had a son until like years later and they were like, wait, we need to tie that right. up. Right. Well, she doesn't have any sort of maturity. Right. Not at all. Not at all. So that freaks Susan out. And <laughs> She goes into. She goes into fight or she flight. Gets like she fully goes into fight or flight. I don't think Susan has a frontal lobe. It's a squ- it's squishy brain, like <laughs> exactly, <laughs> like squishy, squishy. Something's going on there. Um, Do you think Susan has ever taken the RADS? She... What is the RADS? The autism test. Oh, is that the autistic test? I don't think she has the the tism not even a touch I think she's just cuckoo crazy yeah I don't think so she's not if any of them have tism I feel like it would be (laughs) Brie just in this episode
1: oh okay okay
0: but like not later on yeah but anyway so she's like um classic neighbor can I borrow some sugar which is really crazy to do i feel like when you're living in a neighborhood of mansions um i feel like that makes sense in an apartment when you could just like knock on somebody's door but she had to like put her steps in to get over right. there so she brings over her little measuring cup and edie's not answering the door well she's busy Brees in full desperation she's she is busy and susan's freaking out i don't know what susan's motives were here i don't know what she was planning on was doing. she going to stop if them that was my, like
1: mid (laughs) mid coitus I I don't understand what her plan
0: was but she goes in she hears noises she sees a bra on the table she's freaking out she throws the bra she just like needs to sit down she starts eating the chocolates she's like whatever like I'm enjoying myself now she throws the bra in the back and it, it lands on a candle which honestly Edie why do you have that many unattended candles? Maybe it's not Susan's fault that the house caught on fire.
1: Maybe it's both of their faults. It is chosen stupidity Maybe on both
0: parts. Yes. Yes. The house fully starts like just going up in flames. She's freaking out. She runs out and leaves the, um, leaves the measuring cup, which becomes important later. It's, it's evidence. Yeah. So she's outside. She's freaking out. She's so upset. All the other women are there. None of them seem too concerned (laughs) that Edie's house is burned down. Like, I think Susan's, even though, like, if we didn't know the reason why she was acting like this, I think she's the only one who had, like, a normal reaction to your neighbor's house burning down. Well,
1: yes and no, because Susan is, Susan is guilty but not remorseful. And the reason I say that is because she feels bad that something bad happened from her but for the wrong reason. So you see her as being the only one concerned out of all the women in the group, because she knows what she did. She knows it's her responsibility. But then the minute that she realizes that Mike is not in the hospital with smoke inhalation, she's fine.
0: She's, she's bleeding. She's not fine. She's, she's, she's glowing. Yeah. She's so happy. But like initially, like nobody knows what's going on. You just hear her freaking out. I feel like that's a normal reaction, but like if you, if we had no idea. But enough. if Susan hadn't
1: been the one responsible for the fire, would she be reacting like that?
0: Definitely not. <laughs> but I'm saying the other women are just like, wow, that sucks. Yeah. They said and she's Susan's strong. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And Susan's like, Ugh. and they're like, Susan, what's wrong with you? It's like, she's seeing her neighbor's house up in the That's fight. like a three alarm but fire. Then-
1: that's not like oh smoke detector went off because i burned toast
0: no they're just in their rooms like that really sucks
1: they said edie's strong she'll get through it
0: yeah and then mike walks up and he's like what happened i was at the movies and susan's like mike
1: wait okay so side note because
0: they say the guy was like at the hospital yeah what movie do you think mike saw You know, for some reason, I think it's because Indiana Jones is in theaters right now, but I feel like he went to go see a showing of Indiana Jones.
1: Okay. I feel like um, he went to go see whatever the movie was that he was going to see, but he ran into Tom because Tom was going to see Cheaper by the Dozen.
0: (laughs) So he said, you're my new... What year did Cheaper by the Dozen 2004, I'm pretty sure.
1: Tom was definitely at that movie theater.
0: (laughs) He was like, you're the new neighbor who's a plumber, right? And Mike was like, yeah, I'm going to see Indiana Jones. And Tom was like, cool, I'm going to see Cheap by the Dozen. And Mike was like, by yourself? You're not taking... (laughs) I'm
1: going to write this fan fiction. (laughs) You're
0: not taking all your kids or your wife who might enjoy the movie. he's like nah this
1: is from me have you ever read Desperate Housewives fanfiction no I think that should be a special episode maybe just for the Patreon but it could be fun
0: I think for the Patreon we should review Desperate I'm gonna Housewives write me and Mike fanfic you should thanks I yeah you should do like you as Evie <laughs> Summer Brit. Summer Moran, the most predatory <laughs> divorcee in a five-block radius. Oh, God. Um. Yeah, so after the uh cuckoo crazy house is burned down, we're back to Paul, and what's Paul's son's name? Zachary. Mariel's? I can't remember his name. Zachary. Technically. So Zachary hears a noise outside, and it's a very familiar noise. He doesn't know why. He looks outside. Paul earlier was deviously looking at the pool. He's he's he has a, a pick pick fork pickaxe pick, whatever a pickaxe, yeah. and he is axing down the pool. It's totally drained of all why? the water. Totally drained of all the water. What I want to know is if you have been hiding something under the cement of your pool (laughs) for 15 years and nobody's questioned it nothing nobody's ever going to dig up that pool why would you do that like why would you it's fully under cement why would you dig it up and do else with it because
1: they know what they did it makes them sick they're going to tell
0: but they don't know it's dug underneath the pool.
1: That's, yeah. And and therein lies the rub. He could have,
0: I have to talk to Mark Cherry about this. Because he could have, nothing, none of the things that later happened to him would have happened. Right, right. If he had just left it alone. He could have ignored the problem until it went away. Just like I do. And it would have just gone away. Yep. It would have gone away. So after that all the women are finally acknowledging that mary alice died finally again and they went through all these other things and they're like oh right our friend died let's go get the stuff out of her house and then a note falls out and i think gabby opens it or something gabby does open it but that's only
1: after she says size eight ha that's crazy (laughs)
0: Wait. i literally wrote size <laughs> so, eight ha huh, is crazy but also for her to be like i knew she wasn't a size i knew she was lying about her size like your friend just killed herself yeah maybe she had body image issues she just committed suicide maybe she said you don't know why she died maybe she said i look so fat in this dress i'm gonna kill myself we've all thought about <laughs>
1: Don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh, don't laugh.
0: <laughs> I'm sweating. Me too, 90 degrees. Um, I need to turn my ear back on. Really <laughs> soon. Um, But yeah, so she she fat shames Mary Alice from being yeah. the grave. She posthumously then, fat yes, shames. You know. Yeah, post posthum. Is it not posthumously?
1: This is like the Trojan horse all over again. Let's just skip it. <laughs>
0: Anyway, I thought it was posthumous, whatever. So, she opens the note, and they're like, "That's personal, Gabby." And she goes, "Who cares? She's she's dead. <laughs> she's alive." She opens the note, and it says, "She's unalived. And it says, "I know what you did. It makes, it me, makes sick. me sick.
1: I'm going to tell.
0: I'm going to. Tell. I'm going to tell." And then that is what sets up the rest of the season. It's a great ending to that. All in all, 100 out of 100, amazing, amazing pilot. This is the, like, I can't believe in all the TV classes that we took in college, we didn't study this pilot. I
1: know, and it's such a shame because it has all of the elements, right? It has drama, it has Mm -hmm. comedy, it has mystery. How often do you get yes. such a perfect balance
0: of all of it? And every season of the show is just like wrapped up perfectly. Like you never, like Pretty Little Liars was similar in the way it was like four girls and there was always a mystery. I think I, wa- I was watching that first and then I watched Desperate Housewives. Oh. And then I was like, oh, this is what a good show looks like. Um, full shade, whoever was on that show and- Whoever. Just kidding. I- Will work with you i will work with you um but in pretty little liars it's the same thing where there's like a murder mystery and everything but nothing ever gets wrapped oh, up that's so like inferior. the main mystery in every season fully gets wrapped up at the end of the season and then they move on to something else yes. whereas like in pretty little liars it would be like four seasons in and they would reference something really small from like season one and it's like, I don't remember that. I'm watching this week weekly. Yeah, that would like, that would drive me crazy.
1: Also, if you think about Manifest, yeah. I feel as much as I love that show, they did that mm-hmm. a lot too, where I just constantly felt like I was getting further away yeah. from it. Like I wanted answers. I agree. But
0: I think, I I don't know. I think that was it too. I think they just don't do good recaps anymore. Yeah. Like with network TV, like if- they they're not expecting people to binge this so by the last season of manifest they're expecting everybody has gone through all the seasons quickly the way we do now okay that's a good point but like we didn't but you
1: have you know a show like manifest started in what like 2018 or something yeah and then they were on so many breaks for so long it's like you got to give us better recaps than that and desperate housewives always did recaps perfectly
0: Yeah, like they showed you everything you needed to know, and sometimes it would be something from like seasons before, Mm -hmm. and you'd be like, oh, interesting that that was there, and then they'd bring it back. So I feel like I was never confused watching the show. Definitely. Like I could always follow the plot line. And that's what
1: makes for a good show, everybody.
0: Yeah, and that's why Mark Cherry is still my favorite um, TV writer, and (laughs) I'm Still desperate to work with this man. Mark Terry, please staff us. Okay, so to wrap this up, because we're at almost an hour and a half, um, I will give you my songs for The House Go Wives. off, Miss Man. So for Susan, originally, because a lot of this pilot, I already have burned into my brain and I remembered the storylines, I was going to give her Enchanted. But I was enchanted to me. You, Taylor's version, obviously, but upon further watch, I know I'm giving her better than revenge for Gabby. I have high infidelity. That's a perfect Um, choice. Lynette. Lynette didn't have too much going on. So I'm for her backstory. I'm giving her the man. Yes. Yes. I feel like she would really love that song Yeah she would Like I can see her going on like a little run through Lane Listening to the man
1: Yes absolutely I like that image I'm going to incorporate it into the fanfic
0: You should For Brie I gave her Tolerate it Do you know that song? No um, So we'll go listen to it I'm sure we have a lot of Swifties listening Annette <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah Hannah <laughs> um tolerate it is literally it's on evermore so it's like more of taylor's like fictional song she was writing and it's literally about like wife being a good wife and the husband just tolerates her. (gasps) oh she's she literally says in the song i polish plates (gasps) until they gleam and glisten shut up yeah like i think um I think Taylor Swift wrote this. I think she's a desperate gonna housewife fan. We're going to get her fan. on the podcast. She's going to come on the podcast as a Taylor as a Desperate housewife super fan. As a celebrity wow. super fan. I can't wait to have Taylor on here. It's going to be so fun. Bonus. I'm doing Mary Alice and I'm giving her bigger than the whole sky. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye Oh, You were bigger than the whole sky Wait, that's actually really you sad You were more than just a short time I know, I'm gonna think about her now every time I listen to that song
1: mm. Hey Brenda Strong, what you doing, girl?
0: Hey Brenda Strong, do you like Bigger Than the Whole Sky by <laughs> Taylor Swift? Taylor Allison I she Swift she does, she's like Taylor Allison Swift Swift? <laughs> Trojan horse? Anyway <laughs> We're making
1: Trojan Horse merch. Go buy our merch.
0: Oh my god, we should make Trojan Horse merch. <laughs> we what if we said anything really funny? Let us know what you're gonna quote, and we'll make merch. Not that we're trying to make any money or anything. No, never.
1: My lips quivering. <laughs>
0: Well, that's our show, I guess.
1: That's our show, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being as desperate as we are.
0: Come back next week for episode two of We Know What You Did. It Makes Us Sick. Where? We're, <laughs> We're going to. We're going to. Bye. Bye.